Have you ever wondered why we age? Do we have to even accept aging? I truly believe we don't have to accept that at all. And I can help you understand the aging process and possibly even reverse your age so long as you are willing to go deep into your mind and question everything you've been living so far. This podcast has been the product of my obsession as just a regular dad to not only live long to be around for my kids, but to thrive in living as long as possible. My aim is to inspire you through amazing real life stories focusing on the mind, the body and the spirit. We will look into the impact of trauma and methods to tap into the unconscious to tackle that stored trauma. I will go into the science of aging and aim to demystify the current technology, supplements, exercise routines and nutritional practices Most importantly, I'm going to learn with you. Together, we are going to crack the code to living a happy health span. Come and join me on Let's Grow Young. Just a quick disclaimer to this episode. This discussion is intended to provide education on the background and state of the art of photobiomodulation. All references to photobiomodulation and its applications are for educational purposes only. I'm not a doctor, and neither is James. Therefore, the information covered in this episode should not be taken as medical advice. If you are interested in red light therapy, consult your doctor or dermatologist about the best treatment plan for you. James, thank you for coming on. Apologies if I don't get this right, but you are the CEO of Novathor, the founder of Novathor, um, and Novathor, as I understand it, has won various uh, awards for elite performance and some export awards as well. Is that correct? Or is there anything else that needs to be added to that? There's nothing completely wrong with what you said, but the company is called Thor Photomedicine. I am the, yes, if you, people, people like to claim as being the inventor of the Novathor. True, I suppose. Uh, only as much as it was such an obvious thing for me. I don't feel like I've invented anything. I just merely made a product that we used to make decades ago, um, which we started with a single beam and then a cluster of beams and large clusters of beams and then something did the whole body. It was just a natural evolution. Yes, I designed the uh, or conceived of uh, the Nova Thor. The company is actually called Thor Photomedicine uh, and I'm founder CEO of Thor Photomedicine. Superb. And I've been to your offices in Amersham, which is not very no, far. Of course, yes. yes. Very lovely people that I met there, including, including James uh, King Sharp. Um, right, yes. So, yeah, it was a very nice bunch of uh, guys and a great team you've got there. I've been doing so much reading and so much research into red light therapy. I almost feel like I could talk to you for days about this. Um, and, and in fact, I've got lunch in Windsor after this. And I, I thought to myself, maybe I should just invite James to Windsor because, <laughs> and, 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 and talk to you about it over lunch. But I think the production company would have had a few stresses with that if we, if we did that. Now, I guess first and foremost, I must thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to, I could kind of use the word test your product. The, 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 this entire podcast is around trying to demystify um, this term that I don't like called biohacking um, and demystify it for the layman. Um, your team gave me access to the whole light therapy bed for I think I had six, seven sessions. I'm not going to get onto the results of, of my results until a bit later, um, but I was very appreciative of that. So just for the record, thank you for, 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 for giving me access, especially for a product which is not really available for single-use uh, sessions. Um, and, and thanks for your team for accommodating me with that. 
Where I would like to start with this is that um, if you could just give us an overview of what is red light therapy and, and the origins of it. Oh, sure. Uh, red light therapy is the biohacker name for photobiomodulation. So uh, photobiomodulation is what's called a, uh, is a mesh term, a medical subject heading. It's officially registered on the National Institute of Health uh, website. That's the owned by the United States government. And, uh, uh, and it runs a very famous medical database called PubMed. So if you ever want to look up something medical, you go to PubMed, and photobiomodulation is the official term for this technology. It doesn't just have to be red light in order to work. It's certainly very good. If you want to get light deeper, you need to move a little bit further on the spectrum into the near infrared spectrum. But uh, what is it? It's the application of light over injuries uh, to promote healing and relieve pain is the short answer in layman's language. Uh, for science fiction fans and people over the age of uh, 50, uh, they will all have seen, and by the way, if, you don't, if you're not over 50, just talk to grandparents about this. Um, there was, it used to be in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, there used to be a TV show called Star Trek, and on Star Trek, when somebody was injured, they'd be taken to the sick bay, the doctor would get out a laser beam, they'd aim the laser at the injury, and the injury would heal instantly. So uh, that's photobiomodulation. So are you saying that, I'm, I'm almost 50, but are you saying that all that just wasn't Hollywood production value? There was some some science to that? Yes, uh, there's now uh, about 9,700 academic articles published on this subject, uh, including over 1,000 randomized placebo-controlled clinical trials, which is the gold standard of medicine. And here in the UK, it's a recommended treatment in the National Health Service uh, so the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, which is the body that uh, evaluate medicines and technologies for use on the National Health Service, now recommend our treatment for use on cancer patients, not for treating cancer, but for treating the side effects of high-dose chemotherapy and radiotherapy, where these patients lose the ability to eat, drink, or swallow uh, due to the ulceration they get in their mouth and the sores they get through their throat. And for kids who have bone marrow transplants and high-dose chemotherapy, they get these ulcerations right the way through their gastrointestinal tract all the way through to their anus. And uh, over here in the UK, it's just being uh, gradually now being used by the National Health Service to uh, ameliorate those, just to reduce the incidence and severity uh, of these sores, um, and uh, more widely in the United States as well. And why is red light therapy uh, seen to be more effective than other forms of therapy? Uh, possibly because it gets to places, it probably gets to places where a lot of other therapies and drugs don't get to. It's very hard to have any drug get inside of mitochondria. So mitochondria is well known as being the powerhouse of the cell. Uh, so the least people learn in school about it is that there's hundreds and thousands of these little machines inside every single cell of the body and their job is to take up oxygen and glucose and make energy. They are also the source of our free radicals in the body. Uh, which people know rightfully they're associated with uh, aging and inflammation and cell death. Uh, but actually, we do need this in short, uh, small uh, quantities. So when you do exercise, you make these uh, lots of what's called reactive oxygen species. And in short bursts for uh, sensible amounts, for sensible, sensible amounts of exercise time and, and stress, these things are actually very important to your health and longevity. They activate things like stem cells. They sort of activate your immune system, give you a little bit of good stress in your body. But too many of these reactive oxygen species for too long leads to 
what doctors call reactive uh, oxidative stress, where these reactive oxygen species overwhelm the body's natural um, antioxidant mechanisms and ends up causing inflammation, cell death, uh, the aging process generally. Photobiomodulation is very good at actually uh, reversing that process or uh, certainly substantially reducing oxidative stress or free radicals and that means that people have less inflammation less pain and they heal more quickly and there's a bit more to it than that because there's a whole cascade of events where growth factors get activated which is a letter another level of nerdery uh, which i do on medical podcasts uh, i think i think that's the important thing you've mentioned medical podcasts can we just go into a few terms there you, you mentioned mychochondria and yeah. and so can we just describe what the mitochondria is? I think a lot of people deem that to be your gut, um, but um, how would you break that up? Right, so every single cell in the body, that's your skin cells, your muscle cells, your tendons, your bones, uh, your nerves, uh, the immune cells that carried around by your bloodstream, uh, the, brain, the, uh, the nerves inside your head, your central nervous system and your brain, eye, spinal cord, Everything has got mitochondria inside of them, hundreds if not thousands of them. Um, and they're tiny little what they call organelles. There must be because you've got, I mean, cells are pretty tiny to start with, let alone mitochondria. I mean, it's like uh, it's got to be a little more than a pinprick uh, for or maybe that's a good, a good analogy, pinprick size uh, uh, organelle. And their job is to take up oxygen every single Breath of air that you take is about 20% oxygen, and every molecule of oxygen that gets into your bloodstream is used by mitochondria. It is the sole consumer of oxygen. Uh, and that's where it all goes. It gets carried around in the bloodstream, gets to every single cell, goes through the membrane of the cell, gets taken up by these mitochondria. And oxygen is what causes um, the electrons to flow that make the energy in your body, in every single cell of the body. So it's absolutely critical. When you stop breathing, your mitochondria stop working and you die. That's how you die. But conversely, if you have good functioning mitochondria, this is what red light therapy does for people, then uh, the underlying causes of aging, the underlying causes of inflammation, uh, and ultimately death seem to be, uh, these negative effects seem to be reduced uh, by red light therapy or photobiomodulation to use the correct technical term and it's red and or near infrared light can do this even outside of that part of the spectrum we can have these effects how does the mitochondria get affected as we age and scientifically what is it about the red light therapy in particular that's that 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 triggers a repair of the mitochondria and i don't even know if the word repair is correct um or whether the word is around electromagnetic energy and 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 so on and uh, so i guess what we're trying to understand is we're probably born with a very healthy mitochondria we mm. as we age it gets damaged mm -hmm. tradition traditional medicine maybe comes in a little bit too late um mm -hmm. and at what point should the red light therapy come in and specifically what is it about that red light therapy that starts repairing the mitochondria that was about 10 questions there See if I can remember any of them. Um, I'm gonna, I, the one that I've left thinking about is the, like at what age? I can tell you that there is um, there was a study done in Canberra, Australia, uh, on children who are prematurely born. Uh, they have a lot of developmental problems. One is the eye. Uh, they have most premature. Not that most 
prematurely born children die, but a lot of obviously prematurely born children die, they never make it out of hospital alive. Uh, it's something of the order of, uh, you get about something like 90% survival, but with some birth problems, birth-related defects, one of which is breathing problems. That's the leading cause of death in, in uh, prematurely born babies um, and also uh, damage to the eyes of the um, uh, retinopathy of prematurity, REP is the disease and so the stu they did a study on these prematurely born baby this is how early you could start to answer your question um and the goal was to get the uh, see if you could prevent the uh, degeneration of the retina that's the back of your eye so these children don't go blind from birth that was the goal um it failed in this in the wasn't successful experiment the reason was according to the principal investigator uh, we went for dinner and she explained that when they, these children are in incubators and they lie on their backs and they put the red light therapy above them, shine it in their eyes. It's very bright, as, as you know. And uh, a little bit of red light in your open eyes is a good thing, but it still goes through your eyes even if you close them. Um, but the kids, of course, the babies, the prematurely born babies, didn't look at the red light. They went, oh, wince, close their eyes, and then they turn their heads away or the other way and they got their eyes closed and they didn't really get the light therapy in their eyes they didn't get the benefit but something un un um, unexpected happened uh, and that is that the uh, uh, was there was an 11 percent uh, mortality death of prematurely born babies in the study in the control group that had no photobiomodulation the uh, active photobiomodulation group uh, had a hundred percent survival wow so uh, it's now, uh, there wasn't a follow-up uh, investigation on to see, by the way, kick, uh, COVID was just about to kick off at that point, and that study needs to be redone and reinvestigated. Uh, it'd be interesting to take a closer look at the lungs in the children who survived. Did they survive with better developmental or development in their lungs, uh, less of the breathing problems that normally is commonly associated with death of prematurely born babies? So uh, that's how early you can do it. Um, uh, yes, you're right. From an earlier statement, when mitochondria should be in peak uh, form when you're uh, when you're young and just gradually as get older. Yes, the mitochondria, um, you know, they break down and they don't get repaired so well. As there is a repair system, generally photobiomodulation seems to help repair uh, cells and organelles like mitochondria in the body. So, uh, yes, as we get older, the more important it becomes. I don't think there's ever a time when uh, it's too early. If we're talking about babies who are born weeks, many weeks prematurely, uh, if it's good for them, it, um, I, th I would think it more like nutrition. I mean, doctors would always concern, be concerned that if you, they would say something like, I don't believe in any medicine that doesn't do you some harm. Um, there's a dose response to everything. You can't have something which is all good and no bad, and it's... They would be absolutely right to say so. Even too much water, you can drown in it. Too much oxygen uh, is bad for you. So, And too much light is bad for you. And there is definitely a limit to how much is good and how much is healthy. Um, but I think there's also things you, that are good for your general health and longevity, like, you know, you need a certain amount of water and you need a certain amount of oxygen. You need a certain amount of vitamins and minerals and essential fatty acids and fiber in your diet. Uh, and PBM could be a, uh, a perfectly healthy supplement you take all your life, is my estimate.
to answer your question. I didn't answer yeah. all of your questions, but you ought to get a, a, a word in edgeways at some point. No, that's okay. I'm, I'm enjoying listening. I'm enjoying listening. Um, I will just say one extra thing. There is clear evidence that photobiomodulation has def uh, triggers defensive mechanisms, mechanisms in the body. So when our National Health Service uses it on cancer patients, they don't wait for them to develop the oral mucositis. They pre-treat them with every visit to the hospital, everything, and to use the technical word that uh, radiation oncologists know, with every fraction of radiation, so with every dose of radiation they get, and typically that's every day for six weeks, they will have photobiomodulation to help protect them from the negative effects of radiation uh, on their healthy cells. So radiation doesn't just kill cancer cells, it kills good cells as well. There's lots of nasty side effects. I could list them, there's a lot of them. It seems to protect the patients from the adverse effects on healthy cells. And no, for those people wondering, oh dear, what if it protects the cancer cells from the chemotherapy, from the radiation, which is supposed to be saving the patient's life? And the clear evidence is after many thousands of patients and follow-up studies up to 12 and a half years is that photobiomodulation does not reduce the efficacy of chemotherapy or radiation. So, but it does clearly in lab studies, they do experiments on cells, they'll get a, uh, like a if you like a Petri dish, uh, grow some cells, maybe some skin cells, maybe some immune cells in there, and they will treat them with photobiomodulation light. Um, they'll look at them and nothing will happen. And this is what we believed back in the 1980s. But then somebody did an experiment to see, well, oh, those healthy cells, let's try and kill them now. Let's kill them with um, things like methanol, which is like a, a wood alcohol. Uh, let's kill them with x-rays, for example. Um, LPS is something any scientist would know about to stress cells. And when you've pre-treated them with photobiomodulation light, these cells survive these toxic insults better. They have less of a reaction to them than those that were in a control group with no photobiomodulation. So, and this is evident in our National Health Service now, people getting treatment before they develop any sores in their mouth caused by the radiation are having much lower incidence and much lower severity of oral mucositis. And this is possibly the same mechanisms as why it works for people who do exercise, who are liable to get post-exercise soreness. You should have less delayed onset muscle soreness as a result of PBM. And the evidence is abundantly clear. Photobiomodulation reduces post-exercise soreness. People end up being able to train harder, more frequently, and uh, therefore they get stronger. I'm smiling because um, my last two, so, so every Friday I, I do my big, big workouts. And I'm not, I'm not going to get onto the results at the moment from, from, from PDM. But the last two workouts I've done on a Friday, I've not done PDM. And I'm feeling bloody sore today. I'm feeling really, <laughs> really sore today. So, 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 so there's certainly something there. You mentioned the 1980s, actually, just in, in the response that you gave. One of the, the, the queries I've got is that phototherapy, as it was called, is nothing new. And I think it's been around for 100 odd years. And, 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 and so I think that there's a link to history with phototherapy. And there seems to be a trend for this picking up now. Why do you think it's not being picked up at the pace that it's being picked up at the moment? So phototherapy is a big umbrella term for lots of different light therapies. So you can say phototherapy for depression, as in a seasonally affective disorder, seasonal affective disorder, where people's lack of <clears throat> early of sunshine, daily blue, and particularly tends, they say, the blue end of the spectrum. 
um, is leads to people being depressed, particularly in the northern hemisphere, the northern parts of the northern hemisphere. So, you know, the likes of uh, Norway, Sweden, Finland, and and the like, notoriously. So, uh, a lack of daylight. So, a blue light or a, a, a white light therapy with a bit, making sure plenty of blue in there is supposed to help people, and apparently does help people uh, reduce SAD. Um, so, that's under the umbrella of uh, blue light of of, uh, of phototherapy. Uh, for example, we need uh, vitamin D to, to help our health. We can get that from sunlight. That's a form of phototherapy if you like. Uh, they have blue light therapies on prematurely born babies. So they get something called hyperbilirubinemia. It's a jaundice, but they go yellow. Uh, and prematurely born babies go in a, uh, a blue light machine uh, that helps uh, solve this problem. That's also called phototherapy. So there's a lot of phototherapies. So, th so light therapies are well known in uh, healthcare and medicine, as, as we said, good for your vitamin D, good for SAD, good for uh, jaundice babies. So light therapy is alive and well in medicine. And I like to remember any, or I'm sorry, remind any sceptical doctors that everybody knows that light therapy or light is good for your health and it's used in hospitals already. So nobody should be surprised if light has other effects on the body. Now we're at the other end of the spectrum with red light because it goes deeper. Shall I tell you a secret? Um, Go there's, a there's a sceptical doctor in this house. But, but over the last six to eight weeks, she's yeah. become far far less sceptical because she's been seeing some results. Send her on one of my one of my webinars, then, uh, which I do most Thursdays. Uh, no different subjects. This one's on uh, this week. We're doing oncology. So, oh, I will, I will for sure. Um, and and sorry for butting in there. I think I think um, one of the things we actually spoke about, and yeah, I am sad. We 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 do sit and have conversations about this. Um, um, is the difference between light therapy and other forms of therapy. And from what I understand is it's all to do with wavelength. Um, mm -hmm. And so as an example, my wife has had a bad back for quite a while and MRIs have shown there's actually nothing really that physically wrong. And mm -hmm. so I think, I think she, she, she may benefit from something like this, but we, we then switch on to it. For your wife's sake, yeah. it doesn't reveal anything wrong, but it's well known that, that, uh, like 50% of back pains are um, unsuccessful through surgery. That's, dis that's because they go in, they, s they can see in the x-ray there's something wrong, and they go in, they fix it, and it turns out that wasn't the cause of the pain. Uh, so the, the, these scans are, I don't know what it's, but it's something like 50% reliable. Um, they, they, you can have pain without any apparent injury. You can have injury without any apparent pain. Um, and uh, it's just, I don't think you didn't say it, but your wife wasn't making, make, not making up anything. It's, she, she can have, it could be a muscular, muscular problem. It could be myofascial pain or something like that. This is what I think, and this is why I'm going on to wavelengths. And so I think it'll be useful to understand the benefits of red light therapy because of the wavelength and the penetration that has uh, mm. uh, uh, different layers of muscle and tissue. Sorry, I'm, I'm mm. not a scientist. A, sure. a, 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 a scientific advisor. I'm trying mm. to use language which may come across incorrectly, but um, mm. I, I understand the actual length of the wave from this light has has mm. an impact on how deep it can go into the tissue. Uh, yes, but not as not as, it's oversimplified on the internet, or just plain wrong is another word for that. Um, is uh, yeah, there is a window. So uh, obviously, there's a big spectrum in the electromagnetic spectrum: ultraviolet, blue, green, yellow, orange, red light. Uh, near infrared light and there's a very big spectrum called infrared 
and after that you're getting into uh, microwaves and radio waves uh, kind of over there and there is a particular i'm going to call it a dip in other words in the spectrum so blue light very green light find it very hard to get past the skin yellow light doesn't get much past the skin uh, and the reason is you know was clear because you can see me um, that's because light is not going into my body it's bouncing off of my body you can only see me because the light's reflecting off me so something like i don't know uh, i haven't checked for for visible light but spectrum it's going to be something like 80 90 of light bounces off of my body you can't that's how we see each other the reflected light if it was all absorbed by me then you wouldn't see me at all so it's because of reflection you can see me and that's the visible light spectrum when we get to red light though actually some of it does begin to go in and then the near infrared spectrum this is on the cusp of between red and infrared and people often get mixed up with photobiomodulation they hear about infrared and photobiomodulation and they mix it up with the heat lamps that you hear about this is something which i did want to ask you so if you choose yeah. to answer it here that, that, that's great the difference sure. between red red light infrared and heat lamps right so blue green yellow doesn't penetrate red light does near infrared penetrates even better then you get past the infrared spectrum uh, and then you get it, it gets into a whole band which doesn't penetrate at all. It's actually worse than the visible light spectrum. So in, uh, infrared radiation, um, we can get, if you want to get into nanometers, I can get into nanometers as well, exactly where that, those points are. It's not a straight line, but yes, the near infrared, uh, sorry, the far infrared and mid infrared ranges don't penetrate the skin and neither do the visible light spectrum either, except for the red a bit and the near infrared a lot. So, so James, for the normal guy like me, mm. jumping onto the tube, going into work, going to mm. hit the gym in the evening because I think a bit of sauna is good for me with a bit of a cold plunge. The gym mm. now has an infrared sauna and it's also mm. got a red light therapy. Which one do I go to? Well, my expertise is on the is obviously on the photobiomodulation side, so I can I understand the mechanisms of that. My limited understanding of infrared radiation on uh, the uh, on the body is that it improves blood flow and there is absolutely no doubt red um, uh, improved blood flow is good for most of us for certainly for aches and pains if not other things as well so there's no uh, certainly no harm in doing it um photobiomodulation seems to have the additional benefit of going deeper and of also having these wonderful effects on mitochondria uh, so uh, has anybody done a competitive situation one wavelength versus another? Um, certainly in our clinical trials that we do with the Novothor, we put heating elements in there so that you get the infrared in the placebo group and you get the visible red and then with the near infrared in a treatment group. And there is clearly substantial differences in outcomes for our treatment group versus the heat lamp or the heat heat. They're actually um, they're heating elements, so it projects infrared radiation through the Novothor into the uh, control group. Well, um, mm. ju just in summary, what are those differences? It, it is something I'm looking at at the moment, uh, researching right. myself at the moment. What, uh, what, what, uh, well, what, we, I, I suppose what we really need is we need to have a control group that don't get either to know what the difference is for the infrared. We just compare ourselves with the, with the heat. Uh, by the way, heat... Uh, Heat is a form of radiation. Um, heat basically or vibrates your, the molecules in your body and your experience of vibration 
uh, is heat. So when microwave radiation goes into uh, your food to cook it or heat a, even a mug of water, it causes vibration of the water molecules, and that is heat. And you put your finger in it, and ouch, it hurts. You know, or you put your body in, and it's not you, you don't want to microwave yourself. But infrared lights have a, a less intense version of microwaving uh, your food. It vibrates the water molecules in your body. Um, and I suppose if we did a clinical trial, we need we would normally do photobiomodulation versus heat, just because there is some heat with our treatment. Uh, when you've been in the Novathor, you can feel some warmth from it. Uh, so we want to replicate that warmth. And we do it for placebo reasons because people have a soothing sensation from the heating elements. But only just in talking to you now, it has occurred to me, hey, we're actually doing something potentially therapeutic in, with, the, with, the, with the warmth as well. Um, so actually they are getting an active warming treatment like an infrared lamp. Um, but... Uh, with PBM combined when they have it, so you're getting both, I suppose. There's no doubt you get warm in there, so it's a bit of both. I've not used an infrared lamp. I, I imagine, it, do they add steam to these no. saunas as well? Um, no, they don't. So so I use traditional saunas and followed by an eight degrees cold plunge works for me. It, 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 it ignites the, the sirtuins, the good stresses. It kicks in autophagy and all that sort of stuff. It works for me. I've tried the heat lamps, and I'm not being biased just because you're on the call, but I, I did mm. find the Novathor a better experience. And, and, and the reason being is that the heat lamps, it's a very, very basic reason. The heat lamps, you're standing up or you're sitting down. And, and with the Novathor, I feel in a much more meditative state because I'm lying down and I've got mm. heat on my back, on my front, and you've got the lights coming in. And I think that aspect is something people don't talk about. Having a heat lamp where you're literally standing up trying to relax, opposed to lying down on, on, on the Novathor mm. where you're still getting the heat. I think mentally and emotionally, that makes quite a, diff a big difference. Mm. And if you want to talk about autophagy um, and you want to read data on that. I was trying not to. Well. I was it, trying not to. Because yeah, exactly. The magic of PBM is, is I can show you all of those um, life-sustaining mechanisms that uh, are, are, it's, it's not proven in clinical trials that, that anybody in human using photobiomodulation has lived longer. You know, you'd have to follow them for 100 years and see who uh, lived longest. It's been done in... in um, uh, and flies, they do flies over a very short life cycle. Yes. Uh, and over uh, sort of a, uh, 10 weeks, you can see that the flies that get PBM uh, have a much better uh, lifespan than those that don't get uh, the PBM treatment. So it's, but that's, that's flies, that's not humans. And yeah. but you can look and see what it does to mitochondria. Conscious of time and conscious of what I said at the top of the call that I could speak to you for days about this, ideally over a, a lunch in Windsor or something. Um, but does PBM, in, in, in your understanding, do, does it have a positive effect on autophagy? Does it um, ignite? Yes. I know it's clearly, it's clearly lab laboratory evidence has, has demonstrated that uh, in lab studies. Um, so there's, there's good evidence for it. But that's, it's hard to do on humans. We're not really, a, it's, we don't get approval to go kill people afterwards and look inside them. You can do histology, but uh, there's studies on the brain in animals and you can see because in lab animals, you, you kill them and you look at their brains and you compare them with brains that did the, get the treatment. You can see the difference. 
I just want to change tact slightly and talk about the technology that I've used. Now, if I describe it, I hate going into an MRI. And so when I came into the Health Optimization Summit and I, I met your team there, I saw the machine. I said, no, I don't think I can, I can go into it um, because it reminds me too much of an MRI. But then when I used it, it's nothing like an MRI because you've got the mm. open space. Your, your head is, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's free and you can open and close it quite freely. And so I think from a user yeah. perspective, and there's a lot of people who don't like MRIs, uh, obviously because of that suffocation feeling, it's nothing like that. Mm. It, it does look a bit Star Trekky, just because of the number mm. of red lights coming out of it. But after one use, I was it was very easy for me to use. And so maybe you could just describe the technology to us. I mean, the the the, the number of lights, where the actual bed is produced, um, and some of the, the the quality mechanisms around it. But then I think you've also got the other type of applications as well with the actual handheld treatment and and so on. Well, the Nevithor's got almost a thousand emitters uh, in there. Uh, the, uh, the it's a clamshell type of design, and as you would describe, you can see out the end past your feet. You can see uh, there's a big space at each end, each end, so at the end of your feet or your head, so you never feel that trapped. And always along the side, so it's a part of medical device regulations that we have a, a ten centimeter gap, uh, so uh, that you can't get sort of a, a limb trapped in there or something is uh, part of the medical device regulation. So we have that required gap along there. And for people who are concerned, you can lie inside with it fully open. So you just get one side. And the, the top is because it opens up like a clamshell device. You lift it up, you climb inside. If you didn't want to, you don't have to pull it down or you can pull it halfway down. And anybody who's had any claustrophobic uh, feelings has been comfortable with using it halfway down. Next thing you know, three quarters of the way down, 90% of the way down. Everybody gets actually to enjoy it in the end. I, I am medically claustrophobic, and I had it. I had it closed all the way down. How many bulbs do you have in there? Is bulbs the right no, word? They're not bulbs. Like? The bulbs are. <laughs> this the is the entire purpose of this podcast, James. I, I know it sounds well. This guy's saying bulbs, but come on, talk to me. Yes. What, what, what do you have? How many lamps do you have in there? They're light emitting diodes, LEDs. So uh, that's that's the that's the form of technology that's in there. Um, and uh, do you know what? I can't remember. It's approximately a thousand uh, uh, in there. Um, can't remember exactly. About high nine hundreds, I think. Nine hundred and something. Where, where do you have these manufactured? Okay, we're manufacturing in the states. So most of our business is in the United States. So we've actually got three companies: there's Thor Photomedicine Limited UK, Inc. in the United States, and uh, we have a limited company in Ireland for our Irish business. So. Uh, we're the, the parent companies here in the UK um, and the manufacturing, some of it occurs over here for the desktop systems uh, or all of it occurs in the UK for the desktop systems and all of it occurs uh, for the Novathor. It's all in the, uh, the United States. So we've got a manufacturing facility there. They're almost exactly the same. We use the same wavelengths in the Novathor as we do in our hospital systems. Uh, well, to say, not to say the Novathor is in hospital, our Novathor is in hospitals as well. Um, so but the uh, there's the same wavelengths same technologies in both of them just one's very big and the other ones are handheld systems and we use same wavelengths similar intensities i'm very keen to talk about the thing that i'm passionate about um, uh, as well as aging and longevity this specific is performance and uh, athletic performance um 
And in fact, I'd, I'd reached out to Novathor because I have a competition in December at my almost 50 age. Um, somehow I'm still competing with people half my age. Um, but I was at, looking to gain an extra one, two, three percent in my performance. Um, and hence I thought, let's give, give this a go. Um, talk to me about impact on um, athletes and elite elite athletes um, mm. and how it's, and how it's being used by, by such individuals and teams. So it's being used to improve strength, endurance, and recovery uh, by athletes. It's uh, again most of our businesses in the United States, NFL, um, so American football to us over here, uh, um, M MSL as they call it now, major soccer league over there. So we've got uh, those customers. NHL and the National Hockey League, NBA, um, uh, there's the basketball and there's the baseball. So all those three-letter acronym American sports uh, is uh, a lot of business, a lot of track and field. Uh, Nike's um, uh, Oregon Project team used our Novathor uh, when Mo Farah was part of that team. So he was a Novathor user uh, over there. It's, and then it's widely used by... Um, movie stars and billionaires as well. So that's our American sort of business. Uh, used, as I said, for improving strength, endurance, and recovery. So people can exercise more uh, with this, with getting less fatigue. It is, uh, as somebody's used it for years, um, myself, uh, and eventually got one in my own house and got to use it every day, though I do travel a lot. Very lucky, days, man. I was a I was overseas 20, day, uh, 20 days a month, so I, I got it to use about 10 days a month. Uh, but now travel's down to about half of what it was pre-pandemic now. So I'm, I'm home 20 days a month now for that. Uh, so um, I'm 61. I uh, just uh, been to Barcelona again. Our apartment is on the ninth floor. The uh, the um, lift goes to the eighth floor when we get there. It's a big old building um, but a tiny uh, lift. When we get there, we pack the luggage in when we arrive, pack my wife in, close the door, <laughs> she presses the button, and I have to climb the stairs, except I run up the stairs. And so because I've been doing this uh, journey for 10 years, uh, I know what it's like to run up eight floors and try and keep up with the lift. Uh, and then we got the Novathor, and then I've got to use it more and more regularly as a guest in the home. And of course, as you age, so when I was 50, it was, it was hard work. Um, now, uh, at the age of 61, I can comfortably beat the lift to the eighth floor. There, there must be other things in your routine as well, outside of the red light therapy as well, that keep you healthy. Yeah, I've been, before we had an overthaw, I mean, I was heading that way. I was surprised him uh, when I was 40 years old, my brother came round for Christmas and he greets me at the door and uh, grabs the spare flesh around my cheeks or wherever it was and shakes me by the, oh, look at you, 40-year-old, you know, uh, sort of teased me for, oh, I hadn't even noticed it was happening. So uh, 20, this is now over 20 years ago. And he said, that's when I... Um, took an interest in the Atkins diet. It was popular at the time. Uh, so I began to watch my carbohydrate intake. But you um, were eating lots of fat. Um, not necessarily. It, it wasn't against it, but uh, I didn't... I, you know, this high-protein, high-fat thing um, is... Uh, I'm, I'm mostly just focused on uh, eating food with less padding, meaning, you know, 
not eating a pizza, eating the contents of a pizza, the, the good bits, eating the vegetables and the and, and the and the meat or the or the fish that might be on the on the pizza would be more and avoid the padding. So I've spent twenty years eating less and less padding. So less less bread, pasta, potatoes, all the starchy carbohydrate foods, uh, very low sugar diets. Not like I never have any sugar. I love baklava. Um, and uh, so, and I like honey on half a slice of toast. Um, but uh, eat, and I save my, I say toast. I, it's not really bread that I eat. I eat a seed cake that we make ourselves. So we uh, take, a, if you imagine, a, f- a few mugs of um, various, all the good seeds you can think of. And uh, then uh, we take about one of several mugs and blend it into a powder. That behaves like flour. You then mix in the seeds and with some water and some olive oil, uh, and you put it in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bread tin and you bake it uh, uh, for about an hour and a half at a high temperature, and you end up with something you can actually slice like bread, but it's not really bread. And I, 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 so I, I would have... You're a healthy man. So you're a healthy man. PBM has maybe taken you to another level, would you say? I would definitely on the exercise things, yes. I think the... Uh, uh, the the area where I it's probably in multiple areas, but uh, the uh, what it's done for my vitality. I think it's kept me um, more vital. Just generally fatigue in life. I, I, I seem to have the energy of of a teenager um, versus um, what I might have been in in my sixties. Coming back to the elite performance and what you've just said there. Um, what, what's the linkage, if any, to a thing called ATP conversion? And and if 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 um if I'm sure you're familiar with that, but maybe we can define what ATP conversion is. Can you define it? Because I can't. I don't know what ATP conversion means. The way in which I understand it is that you, your body has a thing called mTOR and ATP, and and oh, ATP yeah, yeah. and ATP, as the way I understand it, is again your body's way of using your cells to pump greater oxygen around your body when you're exercising. And and that's my kind of layman's perspective uh, to it. Something you said earlier about almost a domino effect of energy going through your body, I'm, I'm paraphrasing to, to, to what you said, something to do with electromagnetic energy, that mm-hmm. helps with the conversion of oxygen and ATP uh, in, 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 in your body. And I think... Um, the, the, I think red light therapy, from what I've read in other articles, has some sort of impact on that. Well, one of the first things you can measure in laboratory studies in cells when you apply uh, photobiomodulation to them is this consumption of oxygen goes up. And the reason consu- the, the, uh, the cells start consuming more oxygen um, is because they're being absorbed. The, the mitochondria are transporting more electrons so people might have heard of the electron transport chain this is inside uh, mitochondria and the terminal enzyme of the electron transport chain absorbs red light and it seems when it absorbs this red light the ability to pull electrons and transport them through along the electron transport chain and then through that terminal enzyme for the nerds in the room it's cytochrome c oxidase so cytochrome c oxidase absorbs light it's the primary receptor of oxygen. So oxygen grabs electrons off the electron transport chain normally. And this is the job of oxygen, oxygen in the body. When you breathe, its job is to be uh, is to find its way ultimately to cytochrome shock stays in mitochondria inside every single cell of the body. 
and the oxygen when it gets grabs electrons off the electron transport chain they move and as they move through the electron transport chain you improve and you i know this is you lose a lot of people at this point but your mitochondria has got a matrix in the middle it's got an intermembrane space the electrical difference between them uh, is what is what's called the proton gradient and when you've got enough proton gradient it drives atp synthase it's the synthesis of atp energy so as oxygen grabs electrons of the end of the electron transport chain and the electrons move along you get more proton gradients which then drives atp synthase you make more energy atp uh, and pbm seems to enable that to work better when it's dysfunctional you make reactive oxygen species which become free radicals uh, and PBM seems to actually imp means you make all fewer free radicals, you get more energy. Fewer free radicals means less inflammation, less pain, and therefore less tiredness, less fatigue, less depression, a lot of things uh, uh, inflammation leads to. And you've got more energy available in the cells to do more of what cells are supposed to do when they're fit and healthy and working well. I'm not sure if I've answered your question. Just bringing this all back again in terms of the, the impact on me, what, what, what I've tried to do there fairly unsuccessfully is, 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 is from, from my language, try and define what, what I think the science is going on with, with PBM. Um, you, you can describe it in a lot more detail than I can. But what I can do is talk to the results that I've been seeing and, and to mm. myself personally. So if we go back to why I came here to see what performance results I could get, now, through some of my research I've, I've done, I've heard quotes from athletes such as Justin Gateland in, in terms of what PBM has done for them. Um, mm -hmm. So I started using the, the Novothor bed prior to my workout, and I, I went in quite skeptical. Um, but then having had the treatment, session one, didn't really feel anything. Session two, session three, didn't really feel anything. But then from session four onwards, I found that everything else was equal outside to those sessions. Um, I suddenly found that from session four, my performance straight after the gym, uh, straight into the gym after the session, just went through the roof. And I'm, I'm not talking just sitting on a bench and lifting some weights. I'm talking uh, one and a half hour, 2,000 calorie, very high intensity workouts. The, 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 the running times... The, the the sled pushing times the recovery times suddenly started going out of the roof and i as i was doing this my training partner said what on earth is going on and i said it might actually be the pbm um the next week did the same again went through the roof and this chain continued and went back home took a read and i said what could this possibly be and I just, as a layman, read something about electromagnetic energy. And mm -hmm. and to me, as a layman, who is not a scientific, a scientific person and not going to pretend to be either, to me, that read like my cells are bouncing electromagnetic energy through my body. And when Justin Gaten said he does this before a race, that made absolute sense to me because I think I was beginning to experience that stuff. Now, not having done the the um, red light treatment over the last couple of weeks, I did feel a, a a a change in my performance levels. I don't know whether that is just mental or whether that's real, but I will monitor it. Additionally, I think I believe my skin condition was better, um, and uh, and I think I was sleeping better as well. And so 
I firmly mm. believe you've got something with this product. And I firmly believe that whether this product's been around for a hundred years or not, the the way in which it's being put forward by your company, I think is, is fantastic. My only angst is that I can't get one into my house. I, um, I, I really hope that you, you do start to develop products that people can actually, the layman like me can actually bring into my house and start using. Um, mm. So, so for me, for me, the Novathor red light therapy, and I specifically say Novathor red light therapy because I've done the research around your product compared to other products, it firmly goes into my camp of something that's going to stay in my recommendation as uh, helping long-term longevity. So I think um, for me personally, it, it works. And and if it works for a layman like me who's aging, still trying to compete with kids, um, I think it's fantastic. And if all the other things you've mentioned around treating children, treating people with the impacts of cancer, there's a friend who I have who's looking into it for alopecia. If these things come all to- together and start becoming available on the NHS, I think you're, 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 you're creating more than a product for, 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 for everyday people and, and billionaires. You're creating a product that could change the way in which lots of health treatments are, are dealt with. What's the future? What's the future of Novathor? What's your what, 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 what's your objectives? What's your 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 mission at the moment? Uh, we're on a mission to heal and relieve pain. Our goal is to put photobiomodulation in every corner of every department of every hospital in the whole world. Uh, we've got some uh, um, some milestones for that. So, and we define it quite specifically. We're going to have this a therapy established as a first line medical treatment for one hundred different diseases in one hundred different countries by the time I'm 100 years old. So we've got about 39 years to go on that. We've got interim goals of achieving 10 diseases, 10 countries, 10 years, and short-term goals of three diseases, four countries within five years. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Now, now I, as someone who, who, who works on general life coaching and also for a big, one of the biggest banks in the world, the mission and vision you've stated is very specific. It's it's broken down into very clear targets, I think, which is, it sounds like an, an amazing uh, mission and a vision, not just that, but clear steps to get there. So I hope you achieve that, James, and I'm certainly trying to implement your mission and vision in, in this household um, and, uh, um, and hoping that my wife will attend one of your sessions who is beginning to become a convert, actually. Thank you all for listening. What you've heard about today, to me, looked like something from outer space when I first used the product. However, the use of red and near-red infrared light therapy has been around for over 100 years, known as photobiomodulation. It is something which gave me so much energy, better sleep and better skin after using it weekly for 10 weeks. I want you all to ask your doctors and any other health professionals you meet about red light treatment as a possible source of therapy for you. I firmly believe red light therapy is going to be available through the health services in the very near future. I just wish I could have a machine at home. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to and you want to find out more, please hit the subscribe button or the follow button. If you want to find out more about me, please visit my website, www.sanjpathak.com, my Instagram profile at Sanjpathak Life Coach, or just simply send me a message on my email, which is sanj at sanjpathak.com. Thank you for listening.